turn your architectural designs into stunning, immersive experiences with Enscape. This innovative tool integrates seamlessly with your design software to bring your ideas to life in real time 3D and VR. With Enscape, you will experience instant rendering, have the ability to make design changes on the fly, and present your projects in stunning detail. Ideal for architects, designers, and anyone passionate about visual storytelling in architecture. Dive into a new era of design visualization with Enscape. Visit Enscape3D.com to learn more. That's E-N-S-C-A-P-E-3-D.com. Hi, my name is Carrie Seaburn, professional engineer, and this is Unstruct. Unstruct is the podcast where we share the stories from within your walls to help you understand how they stand today. Hello and welcome back. So in today's episode, I just wanted to take a little time out from our standard format of talking about a specific building and just go into, I guess, a little bit of information, a little bit of education on what happens below grade. So I find this coming up quite a bit with clients as far as kind of knowing and understanding the roles and responsibilities of the work that is performed below grade. And I think part of this is due to the fact that it is covered up. So once these things are complete, it's covered up, all you see is soil around the building. If you're not familiar with doing that design work, it's difficult to know what's actually happening below grade. So we're going to just spend a little time to talk about that. So as I alluded to, there's two different professionals here that we're talking about, two different engineers. So we're talking about the geotechnical engineer and the structural engineer. So the way that this typically works for a commercial project is that the owner will contact a geotechnical engineer. They will mobilize a drill rig and come out and perform borings. So they will drill down and take samples of the soil. And then with the help of the structural engineer, they find points of interest or points that capture the biggest snapshot of the building footprint to take these samples. And then they take them back to the testing lab and test them and put together a soils report with design information. So this report typically includes allowable soil bearing capacity of the site soil, swell and expansive properties and expectations over excavation requirements. So sometimes there was maybe another building structure that was there previously, or sometimes what also happens is sites are filled with material that is not properly compacted. So maybe someone is getting rid of some soil somewhere else and they just kind of dump it on this site and it's not properly compacted and not suitable for bearing. So sometimes that has to be removed and then replaced in layers that are adequately compacted so that it can support a building foundation but some of the other things then are lateral soil bearing pressure values and 
recommended foundation types. So a lot of times, depending on the soil and the building construction, these foundation types can range from concrete drill piers down to bedrock, continuous spread footings, or mid-depth foundation systems such as helical piers or rammed aggregate piers. So based on what is found from these borings, the geotechnical engineer will recommend a specific or a couple of different specific foundation types. So just a little side note on bedrock. So the depth of bedrock can vary drastically. So in the mountains, bedrock is a lot of times found right at the soil surface. We all see this, right? So when you're driving through the Rocky Mountains, you see actual rock sticking out. So that is bedrock there. Whereas in other areas, it can be down 60 feet or more. So traditionally, as you would imagine, bedrock has a much higher bearing capacity than a typical site soil or granular type of soil. It does really vary as far as what those allowable bearing capacities are. And as you can also imagine, if it's a taller structure, for instance, a high-rise building, those loads are going to be much, much higher. So most of the time, those building foundations have to go down to bedrock because standard soil at the surface is not adequate to support something that is so tall. So if you think of it like a tree, you know, the taller the tree, the deeper the roots. It's a very similar concept with foundations. The taller the building, the deeper the foundations. So anyway, Back to talking about the roles and responsibilities here. So the geotechnical engineer puts together all the recommendations and soil design values into a geotechnical, also known as a soils report. And this report goes to the design team and the structural engineer takes that information presented in the report to design the foundation system. So the structural engineer's work begins at the top of the building and works down, deriving building forces and directions, also known as vectors, and working them down vertically, because that's the way gravity works, to the soil below. So all superstructure loads, or loads from the building structure above grade, eventually have to be supported by the soil below. So once all of the loads have been determined, the structural engineer designs the foundations based on these loads, and the soil design parameters derived by the geotechnical engineer. So that's kind of the interface of the two. So they work together in tandem, the geotechnical engineer and the structural engineer do, but the line of responsibility is right at the bottom of that foundation element. So the soil is the responsibility of the geotechnical engineer, and then the foundation is the responsibility of the structural engineer. So now you know what happens below grade and you know what happens or kind of how geotechnical and structural engineers work together. You can also see as the structural engineer working loads from the top down, it is the opposite of the way that the building is built. So sometimes that presents a little bit of a challenge in an accelerated project schedule because we as the structural engineer pretty much have to work all the way through it to get down to the foundation before anything can get built. So we have to work through our full design before the contractor is able to start with the foundation work. So there you have it. There's a little bit of extra knowledge about what happens below grade. So thanks for joining and we look forward to having you join next time.
Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of Unstruct and know someone else who would, please share it with them. And if you enjoy the work that I'm doing here in general, I would really appreciate your rating and review on Apple Podcast. It goes a long way to help others find the show. Speaking of finding shows, Unstruct is part of the Gable Media Network, a place where you can find even more content like this. To see the catalog of shows focused on our built environment, visit gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L media.com. Lastly, if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe before you go so that you don't miss the next story from within the walls and how they stand today. Hey there, architecture enthusiast. Nikita Reed here, inviting you on an incredible journey through time and space with my podcast, Tangible Remnants. Historic preservation and sustainability? Let's go ahead right now and debunk the myth that they are opposites. In fact, they are two sides of the same coin, shaping our collective future. In a work environment, it has been challenging because I've had to probably do more than double just to make sure that I quote unquote fit in. But the environments that have allowed me to do me on the front end, I've been extremely successful. You look at all these PhDs, they've built that on the backs of our elders. Absolutely. They consider themselves to be experts at is what they've worked with us to achieve. I know we have to. We have to prioritize people before products and before place. Join me as we unravel the stories of historic buildings shaped by the people of a specific era and often influenced by race and gender. These tangible remnants are windows into our past and guideposts for the future. Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe now to Tangible Remnants. Let's explore the interconnectedness of architecture, preservation, sustainability, race, and gender.